All righty. Yeah. But yeah, this New York is not uh, No, New York is New York is for the brief. It's for that's why they're they like to boast about how much they if you can be in New York, you can be anywhere because New York is so hard. Why isn't Lagos <laughs> hard? Lagos, Lagos is also hard. I think the difference between Lagos, Lagos is and New hard York, at a certain tax bracket. Well, mm, mm, I think it's hard. Well, here's the thing. That's the same. You could say the same thing with New York. New York is hard in a certain tax bracket. But I think the main thing. Yeah, but thing, we didn't grow up in a hard Lagos. No, I know. But my point, is, my point is, I think that it's not even about how hard or how, um, how difficult life is in either of those cities. What it really is, is the mentality of the people who live there. Because I feel like with, in New York, it's like people don't acknowledge that you live here unless you're suffering. And if you're suffering, that justifies your living in New York. Meanwhile, in Lagos, when people are suffering, they bond over it rather than expecting you to have some level of, of something going wrong for you to be there. You know, I'll be walking around and like some like something will happen like somebody like you hear a story about like somebody gets stabbed in the street and then we're like well you haven't lived in new york if you haven't gotten mugged you haven't lived in new york if you haven't gotten ma- um, stabbed in the street you haven't been in new york if you haven't walked in human um excrement you haven't been i'm like i don't want those things nobody says that about like people don't say that about stuff in lagos people just say yes life is hard in lagos and they bond over how hard life is they don't expect you to have lived to a certain level of suffering to justify oh yes i'm a Lagosian, you know that's because it's certain pride. Lagosians don't have to experience... Or at least, let me not say that. Because in Lagos, it's that much more drastic. Like, yeah. the difference between someone living, like, a quote-unquote hard life in Lagos mm-hmm. versus the easier life mm-hmm. is so stark. Yeah. Where it's like, okay... Like, you could argue on one hand that, yes, people above a certain tax bracket aren't, quote-unquote, real Lagosians. But then... I would argue those are some of the realest right? Lagosians. I was my, I was like, I feel like they are. Like, I feel like it's what makes Lagos so unique is that the suffering that everybody suffers is still the same suffering. You know, like it's everybody, like everybody, rich, nobody, poor, wealthy, there's no light, there's no light. Traffic. If there's no fuel, there's no fuel. If there's traffic, there's, there's traffic. traffic. In fact, if you don't have a car, you're better off when there's no when there's traffic because you can just carry your car and go. Because what is it? I think when I was talking to my mom, she'd mentioned that like. At that point, this was maybe a couple of weeks ago, that 80% of like people in Lagos State are still living in darkness. Mm-hmm. 80! It's bad. It's really bad. Like, it's not just anybody who doesn't have generator. People with generator as well, they can't... There's no they light. They still don't. Because one, diesel is expensive right now. And two, yeah. one, you've been living in a place where you have to turn your generator on every day for how many months straight. Of course, your generator will not work. Of course, well, that's, that's not the point of the g- generator is not supposed to be on. It's supposed all day, to be the backup, day. exactly. But it has it's not. not <laughs> but that's no generator has been the main main um, source of energy for most people's homes for the past fifteen years. Like I remember when I was really small, like every day I get back from school and people are actually shocked when Nepa had taken light. They're like, "Oh, Nepa took light! Wow!" I think they did that like a month ago. I think it was maybe like eight or nine last time that happened, and then it just became so regular like obviously we've never had a situation where we've ever had light consistently like that's just corruption speaking on corruption but at the same time i can still remember a time where it wasn't this bad where i wasn't calling my grandmother and she's telling me she's sitting outside because she wants to carry breeze because there hasn't been light for three days ah no no that's not the kind of life a grandmother should no 
That's not the kind of life a grandma that she Although, lives. to be fair, my grandma really likes fresh air. She likes breeze. No, so but she can sit outside if she wants to. Yeah, but it should be a breeze. choice, not a... Exactly. If you're already not be paying because for Because there's no light, please, let me, while the yeah. sun is still out and it's safe, let me catch light God. while it's there. God. That's not the life for a grandmother. If if um if you're a grandma listening... Mm. Which grandma is listening to us? <laughs> who, are you, who are you calling grandmother? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who is there a grandmother young, you're listening to? Maybe oldest, you're a young grandma. Most people who listen to this podcast are our parents, and they definitely so, ain't grandparents yet. Not well, not ours. Mm-mm. But you know, in case maybe we have a couple, like they be starting families mad young out here. So God. maybe we have a couple of, like I've met some like forty year old grandmas here. Eh? Yes. Well. Oh, actually, that's not that's that's not that hard to believe, I guess, because no. like considering like if I think about the fact that my grandparents, my grandma had my dad when she was twenty. Like, if my dad had me at twenty, then yeah, that's a forty-year-old grandma. Exactly. Damn. There are forty-year-old grandmas out here, and if you're a forty-year-old grandma, may that not be your life. I pray for peace and prosperity <laughs> over your life. You know, the math may is really mathy right in now. A forty-year-old grandma. The math is really mathy right now. <laughs> Cause, it, cause, I mean that, and also TikTok. You'd be seeing people like, "Oh yeah, I'm a grandma, and I'm like forty something, ah, forty. That's, that's oh my, my god! Don't even age. get me started with with like, I don't know why everyone turns everything like every label that they have into their selling point on TikTok. You know, like you'll see like the the young grandmas, and that's like their thing on TikTok. Or like I saw one the other day where this woman, she was like, she's a widow, and all her TikToks are about, are about being a widow. Or like there's this one where it was like like, and then all the people who have like all sorts of different illnesses, but specifically, like, people who have OCD posting, and that's mm-hmm. their whole thing on TikTok. Like, I get there's it. There's ADHD, TikTok. Right. There's everybody. Like, you can find it, a community for everything. Mm-hmm. And see, and that's the thing is, on one hand, yes, you know, inclusivity, diversity, representation, yes. But at the same time, do I really want to be, I, I don't know if I want to be opening my TikTok and being, and seeing TikToks about somebody dancing and being like, and the caption is like five reasons why being a widow sucks number one and then they're pointing at dancing number two (laughs) you know what i mean why do we you need to tell us a reason i feel like the reason's obvious (laughs) if you have to i don't think that these children are dumb no i think i think i worry about children entering college now i feel like they may not be as smart as us not in a shady way but just because i remember my last semester of college because i graduated like right as the pandemic was in full force that last Mm -hmm. semester i was turning on zoom calls not paying attention i would be in the other room sleeping god so let's also acknowledge that you graduated your master's during covid not your undergrad degree very different that it's also that is very it's a very different age but I was still like Zoom meeting. The Zoom class would be in one air in my living room. I was in my bedroom mm-hmm. snoozing, and I know that I was not alone in doing that. And some people were not like me in their masters. So, because I, you know, I'm I'm a software engineer. If um if that you didn't is catch that. if I haven't mentioned that every too episode, many times. <laughs> but <laughs> we're now like I've been interviewing a lot of candidates recently. And I'm just like, you. so you don't know this simple concept. Yeah. And I'm thinking back, I'm like, of course. The Zoom was in your living room and you were sleeping. Yep. That's why you don't no, know. No, the Zoom was on the living room and they're on their phone on TikTok. That's even, that's bad. Even now, like, I've fallen into the trap where there's certain there's a certain class 
during the week. I know my professors don't listen to this shit, so I'm not worried. There's a certain class during the week that it, the professor never shows up in person to do the class, so he always puts it on Zoom. Um, he always gives some excuse, and it never, it never, the, the excuses never align ever. But whatever, it's fine. He makes the class online every week, and it's just turned into my weekly Tuesday night podcast because he's only showed up for class in person three times, and so. He'll start talking about things. And mind you, the homework that we get in this class is very different from the lectures. So you don't actually need the lectures to do the homework. And so I fell into the trap in the middle of the semester when things were still like easier of it mm -hmm. just turning into my weekly podcast. And I just listen as I'm like tidying up. There was one day I cooked, I cooked stew. I cooked a fun stew. I made a bath. The whole time during class, I was like, Bro. this is just... <laughs> Why are you making a bad during Look, class? Okay, but think of it this way. My bride price has to go up in some degree <laughs> during this class. And if it's not going to be from the education, it has to be from the cooking. So I practiced my effort making skills in the middle of class. It was I'm very sick. sweet. I'm sick that you made a bad <laughs> during when you should have been reading your book. I told you, getting my master's is about my bride price. No, I'm kidding. It's not about my bride price. But it helps. Mm. Speaking of the many ways that this is not a dating podcast, mm -hmm. I think that, look, obviously we're women. Are or, we? you know what? Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you didn't I've know been that. Introduced let's not assume you that. Know, let's not assume that. We're telling you now. We are we women. We are women. So. You know, I'm a woman. Let me not speak for Demi. Let me not speak for I am a woman. Okay. We just wanted to make sure... We've entered this phase of our life where we see ourselves as fully formed women. Mm -hmm. We're no longer girls. Ain't no girl. There's, there's not a girl. Girls don't pay bills. Mm -mm. Women pay bills. Yes. Women. And as we have just crossed over into womanhood, mm. I'm starting to ponder the kind of woman I want to be and how I want to showcase myself into the world. You know, speak for yourself just coming into womanhood. I went to a women's college, okay? I've been a woman for a long... No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like, this is the time where we're trying to figure out how we want to present ourselves as women to the world. One might call it a debutante. Oh, gosh. I know. For any Nigerians who don't know what that is, I can explain... I, I, not, hmm. I don't even but know if I can fully explain what it is. Like it's just debutantes. very strange. Yeah, it's it's not even just Southerners. It's like high society white people. It's not like mm -hmm. it, they have them in New York too. Actually, yes. there are people from my boarding school who had their deb debutante balls, and like essentially, it's like the girls get wedding dresses. And they have like an escort to this thing. Yep. And it's like some like ball where they present themselves as uh, into society. But it's essentially yes. like families to showcase that this their daughter is ready to marry. And it usually happens when the girl is like 18, 19. It just seems like a dystopian world where in like today's day and age, you still have girls getting dressed up in wedding gowns. For like actual straight up like I know like a girl who went to get her debutante ball dress from Kleinfeld, which is the bridal store from that TLC show. Say yes to the dress. Like yeah. these people are getting actual bridal gowns for this event. I mean, I, I'm not as surprised, but we both went to etiquette school. Like, we yeah, learned how to but cook, like, how to clean, how to sit, how to do all of these things. So, But that was more I for self-preservation rather than to advertise myself for marriage to the world. What? In the eyes of the people who had sent us mm. to do those things, is it not to prepare ourselves or to learn the necessary skills to be a good wife, 
a good mother, a good hostess. Hmm. You and my other grandmother same? get along really well, don't you? <laughs> With that kind of talk. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that I felt like these classes did all of those, except for the hostess thing. If you if you are somebody who likes to cook or mm-hmm. likes to host events, I would go to an etiquette school because they just teach you how to elevate, yep. how to have people in your home, There's which I love. That, yeah. There's something about but, how they teach you to multitask. That's really yes. what it is. It's like it's like a a master class on multitasking with like with money. You know what I mean? Because it's not just like, oh, how do you host an event like logistically? It's also how do you help? How do you make sure that the the night is going smoothly? Exactly. Like, how do you make how sure are you that making sure that you mingle with all of your guests yes. at a certain point that everybody's doing okay? That there's no like too spicy conversations mm-hmm. going on. It's about curating an experience. Come on, curator. <laughs> so, I mean. We even come from that same kind of background as to what a proper lady, a lady in higher society should look and act like. So yep. I don't necessarily want to blow it off because there were a lot of very helpful skills. Yeah. And when I ask myself questions on this woman that God has created to me to be, what does she look like? How does she act? Mm-hmm. A lot of these things come back to i don't i don't know how the proper yeah, way to no, say a lot it. of those a lot of those tips and tricks like it's like yeah they do come back to you like they come back to your surface to your memory it's like they they become a lot more relevant you realize how useful they are only well after you've learned them exactly so it, i mean and i'm i'm not the girliest girl i'm really not and i i remember when i was there like i must have been in my late teens or so I was mocking the teachers. I was being rowdy. I, they would say sit like this. I would purposefully not sit like that. I would mm-hmm. sit in such an offensive way yes. that she would have to, to stop everybody. The, exactly. I feel like I learned all of that etiquette, um, those etiquette things, like those pointers about like ladylike and mannerisms, only to then go to a women's college where people were like, that's not what defines femininity. Don't you don't have to go on a date and have a man pull out a chair for you. You don't have to go on a date and and have people treat you a certain way. You don't have to sit with your legs crossed. You don't have to have you don't have to shave your armpit hair. You don't have to shave any of your hair. That's not what makes you a woman. And like, yes, preach all of that. But also, I still like when people open the doors for me. I know. And I, <laughs> I think the craziest thing about being women coming of age in this generation is having to pick and choose what works for us and understanding that we're not necessarily going to be in line and step with any particular movement because we were raised in more affluent homes and we are people like we love hosting we love having people over and so a lot of those skills are very transferable it's important to understand that there is that level of give and take when you're selecting which parts of like femininity you want to be in but I also am noticing that in my journey to figuring out where I'm comfortable in my femininity so much of that was reliant on the internet especially in my like early teens Mm -hmm. like you remember when whether it was to do cat's eye or to mm. put on foundation, like you would go to YouTube for all of these yeah. things. Like Michelle how do I Fine. get a point of 
YouTube videos? Yes. Yeah, oh my god. Even just like, I remember there was this one, I don't even remember, I think it was called Howcast or something, but they would have all these weird videos about like how to like properly kiss somebody or oh, how yeah. to oh my dress. Gosh, yeah. Like the way that I was just ingesting this information, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. How did people do this before the age of the internet? That who weren't rich? Like, how yeah. did you figure how'd out you figure all, all of these things? things? <laughs> I mean, that's a perfect transition. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Abeg Podcast. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. That just worked perfectly. Um, but yes, welcome to the Abeg Podcast. I'm D. I'm Esther. Please tell the tell the people what's on your mind. Well, I beg. Who thought we'd be talking about gender expression? That's Ain't right. Crazy. That's t- that's today's episode. We're talking about yeah. gender expression and femininity. Ain't it fun? Ain't it fun? See, some of the people you just thought mm, because they're children of God, they don't talk about these kinds of things. Yes, we do. Yes, we do, yes, ma'am. Yes, we do. With the power of Christ and wisdom. With, exactly. It's actually wise to be discussing this. Yes. That's this is not a dating podcast, but how can you find the person for you if you don't even know who you are? Wow. So it's always about finding the person for you because what are you if you're not a wife, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we say that every single episode. Well, if you're somebody who's... Okay, even if... It, let's take away the romantic part of this. Yes, because even some people just, are called to be single. Some people, it's not me, but some people are called to be single. Let's not have that discussion because some people, i.e. me and a lot of other women who think like me are not ready to sit in the fact that not everybody's going to be with somebody, but this is not a dating podcast. Mm. But let's just say whenever you're curating any sort of relationship, whether that's relationships with your family or with friends, you can't know how to be a good friend you can't know how to be and like a good sister or a good you know person to whoever it is you are in relationship with mm-hmm. if you don't know who you are at your core because if you're not able to voice your needs and wants and know like your triggers what sets you off then you're essentially kind of welcoming some other person into a landmine they don't know like what it is but something's about to set you off mm-hmm. and they just kind of have to be willing to join you for the ride yeah so chaotic because understanding yourself deeply allows you to interact better with other people and it also allows you to know what your what your impact is in the world too what like in also all of the parts of yourself not just knowing who you are in your faith or in your personality or what you're like in your relationships ultimately yes. does change the rest of the world too because i mean we're all a little i don't even know how to describe this it's like everybody is a robot role model for somebody whether intentionally or unintentionally. The fact that you exist in this world and walk around, somebody else is going to look at you and think what you're doing is dope or what you're doing is cool. Whether you agree with them or not is a whole other story. But somebody's going to be looking at you and thinking what you're doing is cool. And so it really is important to understand how you present yourself and what that, not just what that means like in terms of how other people perceive you, but what that means to you, right? To really take a second to reflect how the way that you're presenting is reflecting on other people and what that says about you. Now in the age of the internet where finding this information is like drinking out of a fire hydrant. I know. God, there's so much of it out there. 
everything is about gender expression. Everything is about like, um, and I remember there was that whole phase, like when we we're growing up, where every magazine wanted to talk about androgyny. Oh man! Everyone wanted to talk about androgyny. It was always like sleek hair, this, and you can wear black, that, and you can wear this, and you can wear that. And then it slowly evolved into people becoming more accepting of like the non-conventional ways to dress. And then yes. that opened another door for not just like way pe- the ways people dress, like in terms of just clothing, but like, but, like further mm-hmm. gender expressions. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of a beautiful thing. Scary, but beautiful. Yeah, it is like drinking out of a fire hydrant. I feel like if you, if you like, if you're on TikTok at all and you just look for like fashion inspo and stuff, like you are spoiled for choice because like, you know, everybody's a tick, everybody's a fashion influencer on TikTok now. The mistake we make when we are spoiled for choice is Mm -hmm. that we are often letting the internet do the work of figuring out who we are because these algorithms are that good. Mm -hmm. Like, especially now in the age of TikTok, you scroll through that thing enough times and you'll feel like, wow, everything on here is curated specifically for me. And that's because that was the goal of creating this app in the first place. But I think that the downside is that it's removed us of doing the critical work of finding out, okay, where are my own boundaries with this mm-hmm. thing? For example, I mean, in the last episode, we were going back and forth. I, I don't actually know if this the this is going to make it to the final cut of that previous well. episode. But I was discussing about how the Will situation, mm. the incident. The, the incident. Let's, yeah, we called it the incident. The incident. We discussed how the incident had... M- made me feel like I grew as a person Mm -hmm. because I was able to take all these sometimes opposing viewpoints and figure out where I sat in the middle of all of them. Right. I guess because we are, we're Christians, Mm -hmm. we ultimately have the Bible as our, um, North star. Yep. So where does this line up with what the Bible says and the lives that God has called us to lead and then finding out, okay, this is where I stand in the process. If you're somebody who says like, okay, I feel like I'm more of a a girly girl or I feel like I'm more of a tomboy, you, it's very easy to go on an app like TikTok. Yeah. See all these things and be like, oh yeah, I like that. I like that. And then using the series of TikToks that you've liked or not liked to determine your personality rather than taking in this information and then assessing who you are afterwards. Almost like using, instead of using yourself as a way to figure out what, how you should express, you're using how other people express as a ruler for how you feel. Exactly. Mm. Which is kind of scary. I mean, that's one of the cool things about the internet is the level of exposure you get to new things. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about technology is the just like the plethora of information that's at our fingertips. But a lot of times that's like, not to say having too much knowledge and having too much wisdom is, is not a good thing, but you know, ignorance is bliss sometimes. It's important, I've been noticing now, for me to do the work. I know we just yeah. keep talking about doing, doing the work. work. God. It's work. Therapy is work. Processing is work. Being an adult is work. Yeah. I want to, with God, figure out who I am. And then if the internet happens to affirm that, then cool. cool. Yeah, I completely agreed. I mean, we were talking about, I think last week we even mentioned Romans. 
Romans two, yes. 12. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Yeah, I'm even just thinking about verse 2, which says, be not conformed to this world, but be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The way you present yourself to the world, yes, it's a reflection of your holiness and it's a reflection of God. But obviously, it's a hard line to 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 tread because there are certain circles in Christianity that I think women should dress a certain way, men should dress a certain mm -hmm. way, right? Like we grew up in Nigeria, there's some churches where they make women cover their hair and their you head. can't wear trousers. Yeah. So I think it's it really depends Obviously, I think the important thing when we read the Bible is to always understand the context. I don't think the Bible tells the the ultimate thing that we learn from the Bible is it's not about what you wear or what you necessarily do, but what you believe and how the way that you, how what you believe impacts what you do and how you present yourself. So exactly. you can still you can dress a certain way that may to other people seem like you're conforming to the world and you're not you're doing it for yourself i think that's ultimately what's the most important thing this transitions into the madonna whore complex first oh of all i would just like to preface before we enter this section mm -hmm. that i i am not reading any nonfiction right now i'm mm. reading strictly fiction the because amount we of all research need escapism in this world today yes um. <laughs> so is everything going to be completely accurate <laughs> hey, we, we, we just say we choose strong and occasionally wrong. That's fine. I'm okay with being wrong. Yeah. And I'm okay with people coming for me. Just come for me lovingly or with jokes, if you And must. with the power of Christ. Yes. But Sorry, to I'm start this off, I want to say that um, the reference point for this was Wikipedia. First of all, despite all my teachers who didn't want me using this as a source, I thought that was just hilarious. But also because I didn't have time. I have a full-time job. And then this is also work. Like, after we've recorded, there's so much other things that we have to do to get this to you guys. So there's only so much time we can be spending on the outline Look, and the on only, the research. Look, the only place where citing Wikipedia is not acceptable is if you're writing a thesis or like exactly. an academic, or if you're writing um, an article for an academic journal. Those are the only two situations where citing Wikipedia is not acceptable. Please do not come for us for citing Wikipedia. So, yes. Also, let's just talk about how far Wikipedia has come. Right? As an online encyclopedia, it's pretty good. It's, it's the I'm, only online encyclopedia. I don't care what anybody tries to tell you. There's nothing else that compares. These encyclopedias today. I don't think kids today know even what an encyclopedia is. I mean, there are people our age who don't even know how to spell encyclopedia, <laughs> let alone what it know <laughs> what it looks like. <clears throat> Things may be a little bit off, but it's not as important. Like the term as the substance it is, is more important. Exactly. Yes. So brief breakdown from Wikipedia, because that's the level of research I did for this. <laughs> in psychoanalytic literature, mm. a Madonna whore complex is the inability to maintain sexual arousal within a committed, loving relationship. This is not a relation. This is not a dating podcast. It's okay. not. First identified by Sigmund Freud of under course. the rubric of psychic impotence, mm. this psychological complex is said to develop in men who see women as either saintly Madonnas or debased prostitutes. Horse. Horse. And also, just to clarify, for people who've never heard of the Madonna whore complex, we're not talking about Madonna like the eponymous singer. We're talking about Madonna as in like the image of the Virgin Mary. Yes. Mother of Christ. So the first thing I think about when we talk about our femininity and where we line up with that is exactly that. We're Christians, and so it's like, 
sure that you want to be wearing that? Are you sure you want to be acting that way? Mm. That's not the way that, you know, a That's not how Mary will carry be. herself. Mm-hmm. It's always about Mary. I'm sorry. We love you, Mary. But, like, why has it always got to be about you? What can it be about, like, Esther? Mm. Or, like... I uh, mean, that one that started war. No, she My ended niece. a war. Are you kidding me? She ended the war by starting the war. Yeah, I know, but it was necessary. They were going to kill Jews. I'm not saying that the reason wasn't warranted. I'm but like, saying. But, like, my point is, I bring up Esther because, like, we talk about she became the queen. Like, she she had some badass outfits, I'm sure. She, she had some, like, cool jewelry and some bad- badass makeup. And she's, like, one of the most revered people. One of the most revered women in the Bible. And... I feel like a lot of times we talk about simple Mary, obviously, which makes sense because she's a mother of Christ. She was obedient and she's a pinnacle for what all, every Christian should really strive for is being able to like follow God's call. But there are some like badass Christian women in the Bible who dressed not like that, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I want I don't want somebody to tell me, oh, you can't wear that because Mary used to cover her head. And she never wore colors. And she was a very humble woman. I'm like, yeah, she's a humble woman. But, like, I like jewelry. We can be for God and dress nice. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're a shapely woman, if you're giving us a little bit of curve, wear it. whether you wear loose or tight, wear the body's the same. Like, yes. am I supposed to just not wear clothes that fit me properly because it won't be for the Lord? Does that even make sense? Allegedly. I mean, I remember going to church a couple of, I feel like we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I remember like, you know, there's a day that you go to church and you wear a dress that when you left the house, it looked like it fits adequately. And then you went to church and somebody gave you a look like, hmm, like I see your bottom. Like it was a little too tight for their liking. I'm like, why is it your liking? Why can't you look somewhere else? Please, I should you not be facing God? Thank you. Should you not be facing your Bible? Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why it's always about all oh, the girls wearing this girl wearing that. Why can't you face your fronts? That's for rude. Then the counter argument to that is like, okay, why would you wear something like that if not for people to glorify your body as opposed to like glorifying God? Like, are you just, is it just that you like it or is it because you like it because people like you? And to that, I present a counter-argument. Comfort? I just like the feeling of breeze against my skin. Is that so wrong? Yes. According to some people. I mean, you say that, but I feel like you see, um, if you watch how athletic wear has evolved over time, like like for sports, for example, Mm -hmm. you just see how men slowly realize that the more clothing you take away, the more functional you can actually be, the more comfortable you you are when you're performing high-pressure athleticism. Why is it so hard to believe that wearing shorts or a skirt is more comfortable than wearing long trousers or, like, tights? I don't think that people think it's... No, I'm saying people don't, don't... Take into a, in take into account the comfort, comfort on of top of the appearance. I think they're they're um, scared off because I look like a whore. You're supposed to suffer for his sake. My God did not die for me to suffer. <laughs> he said that you will suffer for his sake. He said if I suffer. <laughs> he said if I suffer. He did not cost me with suffering. Okay, Jesus didn't die. I say you. <laughs> must suffer no he did not say that he did not say that 
Don't cuss me like that. They didn't bomb me to suffer. What I find even more interesting is that the line for, in this case, a whore, mm. a debased prostitute, is constantly evolving. Yeah. We are in the generation of women right after, like, multiple waves of feminism. Mm-hmm. But now the feminism is catching up on the men's side. Yeah. If that is mm-hmm. making sense. So not only now are we like, oh, we want basic rights and we want to be able to look and act in certain ways, but the re the not the reaction. Mm. The what is the right word? The response? The response that men need to have to that now, like they're just starting to realize, oh, that just changes what I need to be doing mm-hmm. on my end. If I'm going to be dating a woman who showcases herself in this light or who believes certain things, then I need to reorient my thinking or my thought process and respond in X, yep. Y, or Z way. So because we're in that era of our womanhood and we are the line for whore mm. is constantly being Moved. reevaluated. Yeah. We need to figure out who we are as fast as possible and draw that line and say like, okay, I understand that that's how women did things then, but this is what, this is what I'm doing now. And if you want to be with me, this is what time it is over here. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't take that much work. People are, uh, will adapt if they find incentive. I mean, think about the fact that there are still parts of the world where women cover themselves from head to toe and are still lusted after, followed, and assaulted. Like, I don't think that it's necessarily just... It's, I think it is fully that, right? It's You have to acknowledge what that where that line is moving between whether it's a Madonna or the saintly Madonna or a prostitute, essentially, the way that, that, that men slash our society as a whole perceive how women dress but it's Honestly, not I just feel like it's not even coming from the men as much anymore it's, it's not every, the the nastiest things that have been said to me were always by other women and they're projecting their own insecurities onto you i mean i thought about a time where i like i think off like i like to wear short skirts i will come out and say it i like my legs i like freedom i run i'm like my legs like to touch breeze Mm -hmm. so let's Mm -hmm. let that out but Mm -hmm. i mean i've had arguments with like family members over this thing is too short this thing is too long and then i think about it i'm like a lot of what they're worried about is their own they're projecting the experience that they had when they were younger on me and it's always it's usually from a place of being protective and of trying to take a precaution against something that was a fear that they had when they were younger or that's something that they still experience now but a lot Mm. of yeah you're right i think the nastiest thing that i've ever heard about people like saying things about what I wore was always from women, which is ironic because it's they're not the ones doing the raping. Yo, no, <laughs> don't say it like I'm that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. I just <laughs> I get it from one end. Like if if I'm a mother mm-hmm. and I have a female child, my first instinct is I don't. I would never want my child to be even yeah smell right that situation. So I understand wanting to take those preventative measures and to, in childhood, childhood is the key word childhood. here, make sure that they're setting themselves up where they can just focus on school, book, feeding themselves, Athletics. and re- <laughs> maybe being healthy, mm-hmm. and growing up in the way of the Lord for me specifically. But... 
as you're entering womanhood, one, there is that natural rebellion against your parents. You, you understand now that as a person who's paying bills and who's buying my own clothes, mm-hmm. I can't and shouldn't hold myself to those standards because they said so. Yeah. Yeah. I am allowed and I rightfully should because even in Christianity, we welcome people to doubt, mm-hmm. to, to to question things that God has said and to like go back and think, and like, why am I actually following Christ? Right. I think that we don't encourage women to do those same things. No. Because the, I mean, I think that Christianity stakes are higher because yeah, that's for your life. Yeah, it really is. That's, that's your for life. Heaven. <laughs> that's for heaven. But let's, let's say you're someone who's not a Christian. I would say that the stakes are very high where if you say make a certain decision, it could be like it could lead to some eventual trauma that you can never come back from. Mm -hmm. I would argue that. And I've been learning this with some of my siblings where it's okay. Like some people want to learn from the experience of others and be like, oh, don't do that thing. Or when I did it, I burned myself. Be like, I don't want to burn myself. So no. Other people are like, I will burn myself My God. and then I will learn from, <laughs> I will learn from burning myself. And that's just it. That's, you know, that's a simple thing of just, you know, you tell a child not to touch something and some of them won't touch it. Some of them will touch it. Yeah. But that's, but, but here's the thing. You're also under the assumption that they're giving you the reason at the same time. And I think that's often an issue that we have in at least our African culture. When a parent tells their child to do something or not to do something, they often don't present the reason. And if the child asks why it's treated as an attack, You know, Mm. like, I think if when I was younger, my parents had said, oh, I don't want you wearing this because X, Y, and Z, I would have sat down and been like, hmm, you know, that's a reason I should consider as opposed to being like, no, they didn't say, they said I shouldn't do it. I'm really mad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of times we present African, in our African culture, in our Nigerian culture, we, the, the parenting is such that your parent says X and you must do it. You can't even consider Y. I agree with you, but then I also argue as someone who is a new young auntie, hmm. sometimes you don't have the you don't have the time to start telling people why because True. yeah, you've just got to make decisions like, look, mm-hmm. I, I understand that I owe you a why eventually, yep. but right now for your sake and it's for not your worth safety, it right now. It's not worth it for me to start giving you an explanation. Yeah, that's a good so, point. I know that I had told you this thing. This is me now explaining why mm-hmm. after the fact. Mm-hmm. I know that you may not have liked it. And especially, you know, you're in, a te- you're in your teenage years or something. You're rebelling. It's easy for you to just say, oh, I don't want to do. And you're, you're, you're just in your feels yeah. because that's really what teenage years are for. It's all about the feels. So I can get you, I can get people just saying, look, I just need to tell you no and don't do for now. And my no is no. To circle back. I think that it's important, especially when you're reaching this level of womanhood, that some people need to learn from firsthand experience. Not everybody, but even in the situation where, let's say you're somebody, like like I'm someone who you like to show your legs. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I love everything to hit at the knee. Like I'm someone who like dresses on the more conservative side. Yeah. But I noticed that for me when i would wear like shorter things the kind of attention that i would get when i was mo- like walking in certain places especially alone it made me feel really uncomfortable and really unsafe and of course thank god that nothing happened but i had to like i had to be 
a an adult who's paying bills wearing something a little bit shorter to know that okay like yeah I felt cute in my house but the minute I stepped out of my house I didn't like all I didn't like all of the responsibilities that came with making this decision yeah so for my own personal femininity journey we not gonna do that no more mm-hmm. it's important that we encourage young women and young men I yep. just don't know I don't know what the equivalent I don't is know for what guys. no I really don't know mm. I don't not know to say what, like I can't talk to men, but like I don't, I don't know what they want. I don't know what your I'm not a man. Mm-mm. I'm not a man. I don't know what your equivalent is. Let you know. Let's take a second. Let's try and think. Of, <laughs> I feel so bad. We gotta think because for the men. we have we not have like twenty percent think for the men. Yeah, twenty percent of our listeners are male. Wait, so really? I'm gonna tr- yeah. Mm, gee, hi boys. Like, I know. So you know what, guys? I'm gonna in real time now think of a situation that might apply to you. Ooh, let's say it's something oh, that you okay. do something that is i, I know gonna start i thought it was Jeopardy gonna be music. i thought you're gonna take longer i was like doo, 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 doo. <laughs> oh, yeah, i would say it's the flip side if you're doing something that is say more effeminate mm. you know i know like a lot of guys who were like ballet dancers or mm-hmm. all of those things like things that aren't tied to traditional masculinity and on one end they had to like there were some guys who was like hey I get that you're super into this, but in certain spaces, on certain streets, you you need to yeah. keep it real cute. You need to. <laughs> I mean, even think preserve. about. I think about like some of the guys growing up. Like in Nigeria, our dress sense and our fashion is such that men care. Men also care about what they wear to a certain extent, yes. very differently than men in the West, right? So, like having your kaftan look nice, wearing cool mm-hmm. trad, like your yeah. shoes looking nice, having a good haircut similar to like hispanic culture in the u.s they care about how they present themselves and i think in certain circles it doesn't read the same way right so mm-hmm. even just like that thinking about a guy like like some of our guy friends who maybe came to the u.s and cared about how their trad looked and what their shoe what shoes they're gonna wear and yeah. then like maybe getting made fun of by their other guy friends or not even made fun of but just told like hey we don't do that around here yeah and it being something where some people like you'd be like, hey, we don't do that around here. And be like, all right, cool. I'm gonna adapt. I hear you sound like somebody who knows from personal experience. Other people, they need to be, excuse me, in situations where it might be possibly unsafe, or mm-hmm. it might be they might have to essentially come to terms with this thing and respond to it in right. order to figure out where they stand in their masculinity. Because I know some guys where though they won't act a certain type of way in certain neighborhoods because they've let's say they're a smaller built guy and it's like yeah. look if if, if something shit happens, pops I, off i can't square up. i can't yeah i can't defend myself like that but i know some other guys who would be like and what what are you gonna <laughs> do about it yeah i'm ready say mm-hmm. something else and it takes having to go through those experiences to determine your own meter for those things mm-hmm also, just the experience of understanding that there is a spectrum to begin with, right? There exactly. Are, that caring about your appearance doesn't make you more or less feminine or more or less of a woman or more or less of a man, but that there's a whole spectrum of femininity and and and, and femininity, masculinity, and that expression and where on that spectrum you lie, right? Let's do it. Let's just start with our appearance. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's start with how we portray ourselves to the outside yes, world. Yes, ma'am. So you like, you, you, we've already kind of addressed this in short, like you're someone who likes to, you know, you like to show your legs, you have legs, you want to show them. Yeah. I mean, it's a dilemma because I feel like I, because I like, I 
how do I describe? I'm not an athlete, but I'm athletic. That's, that's the word I was looking for. Because I'm athletic, I spend a lot of time in like leggings, sportswear, mm-hmm. like sweatshirts. I like to be comfortable when I'm not dressed up. When I'm dressed up, I'm like short skirt, heels. Like I'm like, I want my hair to look a certain way. But like on the day to day, I'd just rather just like chill. I usually, I feel like, uh, like my more casual dress is somewhere in the middle of super girly and super masculine where I really don't care. Like I, I primarily wear, I have a whole trunk full of hoodies and that's what I wear on a regular basis. But I also do like a good pair of heels and I do like putting on makeup. I just like, it's not, heels are not comfortable, mm. but short skirts are. So it balances itself out. No, <laughs> what kind of logic oh, is God. I just don't like trousers. That's the difficult part is like, I hate wearing jeans. I wear them. Yes, I know because there's a time and a place. I do not like wearing jeans. The first thing I do when I get into my house is I take my, if I'm wearing jeans or trousers, I take my oh, trousers off comes and off. I put shorts on. I put shorts on. I put like, like those boxers on. I just can't. I can't. My legs are too restrictive. Plus, yeah. the sad thing is I'm always cold. So I will still wear shorts in my flat, but then I have like three blankets to cover head. myself because I don't want to wear trousers. I know. I'm just, I'm a complex being, okay? I'm not a simple woman. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I'm just shaking my head at, at her listeners. Oh, God. You feel my frustration. Don't look at me like that. Feel my frustration. And then I feel like for, you're, you're similar to me in that you, although I feel like you lean more toward like the masculine, like the more androgynous end, but you're like me. Like you like to, when we, you get dressed up, you get dressed up, but like. It's a whole like, thing. You love a good pair of sneakers. I would say, yeah, my appearance really kind of hits one spectrum on the other. When I do get feminine, it's very feminine. And I think a huge part of that is as a response to just how we desexualize like fat women, especially mm-hmm. in the African community. Desexualize not... and oversexualize when they're young. Yes. It's weird. It's like it's we sexualize very strange. We sexualize children or young girls who are bigger when they're younger. And then when they're older, when they're women, it's like they're not seen as sexy. I'm like, why? You're like an old maid. I'm like, how does that make any sense? Women. Somebody that has more breasts than me. How come they're not sexualized? Like, but then I guess that's the other thing is like it's either there's there's like a desexualization or fetishization. Giving more of a feminine moment. There is that like constant need to rejuge and picking at my body and wanting to wear the right kind of thing and look a certain type of way. Re- rewind. Even- Let's say that word one more time. Re what? Zhuzh. Mm, Rejuzh. Okay. Carry, Zhuzh, carry on. You know, you're just, you know, adjusting. <laughs> I didn't know that's what that was called. Yes. Rejuzhing. Yes. How do you spell that? Z-H-U-Z-H. My God. Okay. Zhuzh. Sounds like a Zulu name. <laughs> Yeah. Like a, don't like, let these like Southern African, like a South African, not South African, but Southern African name. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's how all these essay people started. Know, like, oh, so you me. started. I am often having to come to terms with the fact that I don't feel my most feminine unless I'm at in like a drag sense, like my most tucked. Like right. everything mm-hmm. is together. Everything is in place. Yes, heels, spanks, nails, mm. hair, mm-hmm. skincare upkeep because the face is really the money maker it really is sis especially in like african culture when you're younger you're told like you shouldn't care about the makeup you shouldn't care about the hair but then the second you get of quote-unquote ripe age it's like that's where all your focus should be because you're trying to attract a husband 
you know like i feel like when i go out there's still that pressure like not not like not directly but like because that's been something that's like in your mind for so long is like yeah. i have to when i go out i have to dress a certain way because this is what I expect what is expected of me as a woman even though it's like that's not how i see myself as a woman and, Although, and that's not to say that either of us don't like getting dressed up or don't like how we look that's the crazy part we do wild yeah (laughs) is that we do like getting dressed up yeah but we're also able to recognize that a lot of the stress that sometimes comes with getting dressed up and looking our most feminine is coming from that like is coming as a reaction to all of this previously downloaded information Mm -hmm. Oh my god, previously downloaded. Because <laughs> on the opposite side, I will say those, the moments when I'm doing those, doing all of the dress up are so few and far between. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who, like, I love baggy clothes, I love streetwear. And the reason why I got so drawn to streetwear at an early age was liking this style of fashion that was specifically not focused on accentuating the female form. Right. Which, as somebody who has a little bit of shape just a smidge a lot hmm. as a, a sm- person i have a smidge you have shape i have a smidge i have sh- <laughs> you have shape as a person who was dealing that at a young age it it was the easiest way to kind of cover up and still look cool to my friends i didn't feel like when i wore streetwear i was underdressed like i was still perceived as dressing well even though i was specifically going out of the way to not show my body right and it was nice because in moments when it was really hard to love myself it was nice to put on baggier clothing and just give my brain a break from tormenting me that day oh my god i'm yet to meet a woman who hasn't at in some level had to deal with how she looks Mm. and i think that for me it was the first time i just caught peace like i could dress well and not have the highlight be my body yeah it was you know and the way that people are being shamed for being overweight or underweight it didn't it doesn't bring about any change it just makes me want to further hide and this kind of gave me the platform to do that whilst still being socially acceptable which is horrible that's Mm -hmm. a horrible thing to say but it's true the reason we're able to even talk about is because we've had these experiences but we're still not saying anything is black or white that's the whole point um we because it doesn't mean that you love dressing up in heels any less or that you don't like still wearing hoodies it doesn't mean that your love for those things are gone Mm -hmm. maybe the way that you developed a love for those things was a bit twisted but it's it's here now and it's a part of who you are and you're having to reconcile with that and maybe in reconciling with that you decide that oh maybe this is something that shouldn't stick with me moving forward but even if it is that's okay it's okay for Mm -hmm. a good thing to come from bad roots yeah that's true I mean, the Bible says, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. But if you don't know, that's okay too. It doesn't say that you have to know or have all the answers. The whole point is, it's a journey. Sorry, I just really wanted to say it's a journey. (laughs) It's a process. It's a process. We're here for progress, not perfection. It's okay to want to move through the world sometimes without feeling ogled. Or judged. Isn't that nice? In the same same way, it's okay if you want people to look at you. Exactly. If you have a body and you want to show, show. 
it's okay. It can it can still be for the Lord, and you can show it. Just you know, as long as you're not actively killing anybody. Although if you're if you have a booty so fat it stops traffic, you should probably maybe like I don't know, figure that out. Maybe don't walk by the street too much. <laughs> maybe only walk on the sidewalk, but like mm-hmm. away from major roads and highways. There's the appearance part mm-hmm. of the mask and femme. But then there's also the traits, like right, who, the internal. Yes, and I th- would say that we both are very. <laughs> we lean very hard on, on, on the masculine the, on, side. On masculine. I mean, that has to do with our upbringing. Well, not upbring- upbringing, but like our our, our rearing. Our, not like our professional fe- fields, but like our education. Yes, I think that's shaped a lot of it. Is I mean, yes, I went to a women's college. Blah blah. I know. But, I mean, we're both in the tech space, mm-hmm. in math. You're an engineer. I was a math major. I was in accounting. Like, I worked with mostly dudes. <laughs> like, in high when school, you work, Exactly. When you dudes. work with guys, you can't be thin-skinned. Like, you no. can't take everything to heart. Like, sometimes they're going to say some foul things. And, again, that doesn't make it okay, but you're responsible you have to respond in that moment. Like yeah, yeah. you need to be able to not necessarily be one of the boys, but you need to be able to exist in that space yeah. cohesively. I think even on top of that, like I feel like there's certain traits, like for me, I have a hard time opening up to people. Like I, I'm, I trust people easily, but I have a hard time opening pe- up to people on a deeper level. And I think mm. that sometimes that gets ascribed to being a feminine aspect. But it, I think I got that a lot more from a more masculine side where mm. a lot of men feel like they can't express their emotion for fear of being judged or perceived yeah. a certain way. But then also being seen to be too emotional, overly emotional. Now, you know me. I don't like emotions. I like to pretend I, I like to pretend I do not have emotions. I'm like I'm an emotionless, feelless card, cardboard box. So I think a lot of times when I have discussions like this, I feel like this is the most I've opened up in a long time, and it's exhausting. It's more that they have a hard time expressing because they don't want to address it at all. I feel like that's one of the traits for me, that at least, that leans more toward the masculine than the feminine. For right. me, the biggest trait I had was being like called calculating cold mm, and calculating mm. is so as a term that i have been described as on numerous occasions you have to do a lot of observing Not as a middle child does it yeah i guess that you is see it. what the older people have done that's worked for them and you figure out how to you figure out that ain't gonna work for me <laughs> you find out to successfully charge your take your own path mm-hmm. dodge that i am I am constantly thinking in situations where like, oh my gosh, like, wow, that must have come so naturally. No, it did not. Yeah. That was a very carefully orchestrated moment. I planned for that situation to go that exact way. I mean, that's kind of similar to what I'm talking about, where it's like you internalize everything first before you bring it out because you want a fully formed thought. You want fully formed or fully processed emotions before they're ready to give to the world. When you've had those moments where you didn't, where you weren't able to express a fully formed thought Mm -hmm. or you were just caught up in the emotion and you had expressed that with somebody else, you got like a terrible like backlash Mm -hmm. as a result of it. And so now it's like, okay, everything has to be perfect as it's coming out of my mouth or else I won't be understood or I won't be loved or I won't be cared for. Right. Damn. That is really sad. Why are we so damaged? We're not damaged. Okay. (laughs) 
I don't think we're damaged. I think that if anything, I will say that this is an, a very important step in the healing process. Mm. This is true. We're trying. We're talking about it. Which, you know, it's a lot. We also we we do have a lot of feminine traits. You yeah. know, we do. What what is it that women do? We're all. I'm a hostess. Yeah, I'm a great I'm a hostess. hostess. I love hosting parties. I to this and day people in my home. I love when friends come and stay with me. Actually, Esther, them. you're the ultimate hostess. Please go off. Like cooking, planning an event, curating an experience, coordinating, trip planning. Mm-hmm. That is my whole jam. I love letting the people who I care about feel loved and appreciated. That's yes, a very ma'am. big thing to me. I don't always do it well. And because I am constantly juggling a bunch of things, I it's not happening as frequently as right. I would like for it to. That's a a trait that I will always have. And this is something that's going to stick with me for the long haul. Yeah. We're both good listeners. Yeah. That's, I, I feel like I take I mean, I guess that's part of that's because of my calculating nature. It's oh, important gosh. for me to take in all the information so I know what to save. Okay, you later. just enjoy being chaotic, don't you? Look, everyone knows at this point, again, it's a side effect of not wanting to share my own emotions. I like to listen and take in what other people are saying and... I feel like I know I, I know this. I've always been the friend in the friend group that everybody turns to with their drama. So like I've had several friend groups throughout uni and like under and um high school where there's drama between like two or three of the members and then everybody's telling me what's going on and I'm just sitting there absorbing it and being like <laughs> and she said what and you and hmm you know like I I'm a good listener, but I feel like one of my other feminine, like overly feminine traits is that I'm like very empathetic. I will mm. not call myself an empath because that's some psycho shit. Um, <laughs> look, only people who are crazy call them actually call themselves empaths. But my problem, my problem is when I when somebody's telling me something that's going on with them is that I like take it on myself. Not in like a trying to solve problems way because I feel like that's more masculine. In my body, I kind of need to feel how they're feeling to be able to understand and be able to respond well. Yeah. So we have our appearance, we have our traits, and then we have our values. These are the things that form the crux of our human beings. And on one side, you're thinking you're in your mid-20s. Are you sure that, like, you're really going to be forming anything that's going to stick with you for the long haul? I would argue that's what some people will say. That's so Because a lot of people, like, look at your 20s as just the time to figure out what you, quote-unquote, don't like. And you don't really step into a phase of knowing what you do like and how you want to be treated until your 30s. And to mm-hmm. that, I rebuke it in the name, in of, the name Jesus. of Jesus. I will find out. I rebuke in this, you. In this decade. Rebuke I, you. I'm praying for quick learning. I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying for fast understanding, for quick response times. I will find out. Amen. <laughs> I will find out as soon as possible in Jesus' name. Oh my God. <laughs> But when I think about our values and what are things, that's where I would say I'm probably my most feminine. Mm-hmm. I am huge. I am big on my community and my family. Yeah. And I think that a, a portion of where that's tied to is because I've moved around so much as a kid. Mm-hmm. And there's not necessarily been a physical home that I've been in. Home is wherever my family is at. It right. doesn't necessarily need to be tied to a specific place or a thing. It's a people. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is just an African saying, but you are the company that you keep. No, you are. You fully are. I think it's also that 
not only do you value your family and your community, but you're very loyal. It's a more feminine value to hold to be because about the family about the yes. familial unit mm-hmm. i mean even just biologically think about the fact that like a woman can house one egg or maybe two or three at a time in one pregnancy bring it to term and then move on and bring another one in whereas a man biologically can impregnate multiple women at once and have multiple children coming the more feminine value of loyalty and stability is so yes. important because of that aspect because of the emphasis placed on family and the emphasis placed on raising a family and raising a community, what not necessarily raising a child in particular, but gr- like growing up and forming that community. Um, being loyal is so important. Yeah. And when we look at the women that we, re- we hold highly in, or we hold in high esteem, mm-hmm. especially in African and in Nigerian culture, these are women who have built like amazing families. Yeah. It's like, it's not just what they have done individually, but it's what they've the it's the people that they've created around them. Yeah. And this thing outside of themselves that's bigger than themselves that they've built. Mm-hmm. They, it's recognizing that if you want to run fast, you go alone. But if you want to run far, you run you go together. together. Wow. Exactly. Look at you. Using yeah. parables. Yes. Wisdom. <laughs> wow. What's that? What's that quote that got co-opted by white women? Oh, I don't know. It takes a village. It takes a village. It takes a village. (laughs) Do they even know where village is? Hillary Clinton. I can't remember if she has a book or if it's just like a quote of her. She's like, it takes a village. And I was like, Hillary, what the fuck do you know about a village? village. (laughs) Have you you been to a village? village? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, it takes a village. I'm like, really? Even me, I barely know about village. The village they that don't I know even is more know than about you. Village, oh. <laughs> Us that are talking about village, we don't know. My we own village is, is, is my own village is the Rogu State. It's not really village, village. Like village, village is my and dad's side. That I'm my dad a, is from Kogi State. A That's very village. wealthy. Your your grandfather was a big man. Yes, but and that's what I'm saying. The village, my, the village that I go to is my mom's side of the family. That village is in Ogun State. It's not a big deal. The village that my dad on my dad's side of the family that I have not been to. That's village. First time they saw a generator was like 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> village. What do we see as important, not just from now, mm-hmm. but for our children and our children's children? Oh, God. In church, when they pray over um, baby dedication. Baby, baby dedication. May you see your children and your children's children. It's very important that you, that the family is the center and that you're building a community around it where you are not the only person that is going far, but every the entire crew is strong. Mm-hmm. That's the American way. The crew. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the American. The entire crew is strong. Mm. It runs deep. It run. Not it runs deep. Oh my god! <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> On the more masculine side. Because we have had the luxury of getting, I mean, let me say this. I know there are a lot of women who have gone to the best schools, have gone to Ivy's, and still just want to be stay-at-home women. And if that's you, then... Good for you. We're not talking to you. Let go and let God. You mm. know? <laughs> <laughs> You're not nice. Then, if you like it, what's the... I love all those black phrases. If you like it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
we've had the privilege of being raised in this era That's and true. seeing and also having mothers and aunties who have also like they've built up their communities but they themselves by more masculine tracks mm-hmm. of success they are very successful women yeah these are people who are <clears throat> they're when you're talking about the top top people of companies their name is there yeah i mean i even think about my mom the way my mom hustled the way my mom hustled to get where she is the way she worked so hard and i think that's it's the same to say about all the women in our family like these are very hard-working women who didn't take the traditional route to success because you can't do that in nigeria you can't. can't. If you want to be a successful woman in Nigeria, you can't be like regular women. It's sad that like the aspects that make women, that would make women better CEOs, better presidents, better governors, better leaders than some men are. Not all men, but some men. It's funny that those aspects aren't praised in the workplace and that women feel like they have to act like men to get half as far as the men yeah. do. So, I mean, we think about like if we look at the top any of the female CEOs in Nigeria a lot of them talk about how they had to change how they acted so that they were seen as one of the men one of the boys able to yeah. like play the game and be around them to even just get in the room and obviously it's very similar to like in in America as well but there's a lot more barriers in the way for women in Nigeria there still are yeah we've gotten far but not far enough not even remotely and I think at this point in our lives, we're just, we we don't see ourselves being happy without a purpose outside of the family. I, and I know that that's, that's just a, that's a very basic way. So it'd be like, oh, so you don't see yourself as a housewife, like girl. No, but that's the thing is, no, but that's the thing is, I mean, it's not even saying I don't see myself as a housewife because I don't see myself as someone keeping just a job. Yeah. I don't just want a job. I want a career. Exactly. I want to do that's something. That's it. That is it. And I think a lot of times when people, I think when people have that mentality, other people will hear it and say, take it as like a jab against um, housewives or women who choose not to have um, like a traditional job. And I think that's really fucked up. Like that's really messed yeah. up. We don't feel like we have to work. We don't feel like we have to stay at home, but we can choose. So I think women who make women women who make other women who want to just be housewives feel bad that's shitty that's like it's regressive the whole point is that we have whatever you want yeah you do what you want and like the whole point is i don't care you know like if you want to stay at home stay at home in fact i envy you being able to sit at home and watch whatever tv show you want and poop in your own bathroom instead of sharing a bathroom with men in a corporate office in the middle of the afternoon and having to eat nacho (laughs) chips as a snack for lunch because nobody thinks about getting anything nutritious because they're all white men like i'm sorry <laughs> let me not drag my office too much before they come after me no but seriously i think it's the whole point is we have it, the choice why are we not making fun of people for using the choice or mean. insulting people because now they're using their choice and they're choosing not to do the thing that we fought to have the choice to do so what is it's okay <laughs> If you don't want to do, then it's more than okay. I respect it. Does it? We're past just having a job. Like I don't just want to be a working girl. Mm -hmm. I want to have impact. Mm -hmm. I want that when we look around my community, that I've done something in my vocation, in my line of work that Mm -hmm. has touched lives Hmm. and has made some lives day better. Yes, we traditionally associate stuff like that with like 
with masculinity because this is completely selfish right and i think that's and i'm sorry guys we're not saying that you're selfish no you're selfish and acknowledge no. it it's fine it, it's yes not a bad in thing. fact that's true it's you're okay selfish. to be selfish men are selfish that's and fine it's, and it's okay to be in this instance wanting to do something for yourself like that that's okay mm-hmm. and it's nice and it's um, not nice it's great that we have the option to do so and that we want to exercise our choice to do that thank you that's the whole point and for us part of that part of this journey and figuring out who we are is finding where we are okay with giving yeah how much of our job are we willing to pour ourselves into at the expense of our family how much time and are the we other way to... around as well exactly it's it's important that we start thinking of these things now in our 20s because people are getting married. God. So it's important that we now start to think about those things and to take into account where, how much do we want to throw ourselves into our career? How much mm-hmm. do we want to throw ourselves into our family? Because why do you want to wait until you're in the middle of it? But it's also wise, I believe, to come in with a bit of a game plan. Yeah. Always be prepared. So on that note, on that note, how are you trying to be a better person today? Well, I'm trying not to be a big ass bitch. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> just regressing on everything we talked about in this part, in this episode. Our discussions always challenge me to think a little differently. And I've been thinking about the topic before we started talking about it today. But even still, I feel like I need to lean in more to some of the more masculine traits that I have and accept mm. them as that, as opposed to thinking that they're flaws or that they mm. or that they take away from or lessen my femininity because that's not the case. The idea is that I can be both. I can have masculine traits and I can have feminine traits and I can express myself more femininely or more masculinely and neither of those things take away from who I am as a woman or who I am as a person, who I who I am as a child of God, right? That's yeah. I think I just need to sit in that feeling and enjoy being uncomfortable in that. Enjoy being uncomfortable in in those questions and acknowledge them as part of my identity how are you trying to be a better person today i would say it's the opposite i'm damn trying to embrace my femininity it's it's so hard because a lot of my upbringing and a lot of the like shocking periods i've had in the past have made me want to put it away in the corner and to not address it and be like well if i'm not showing my body if i'm not putting myself out there then i won't be held for criticism or i won't mm-hmm. be seen as doing something too masculine if i'm only striving for my career and i'm doing the best that i can then people won't be as quick to say like oh wow about your family because you're building a business or why don't you dress so feminine because oh she doesn't dress that way she only wears a certain type of clothing so and it's because I like it is, mm-hmm. is, is, is the key point. I yeah. like certain parts of these things and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm letting myself know that it's okay to like these things and it's okay to express those things that even if people don't like it, that's okay. That's their problem. That's their problem. Not my problem. I just need to move with God and go. Because mm-hmm. the crazy part is, I feel like even this small femininity I do is not even that crazy. No, it's not. That's the crazy part. It's, it's not. not even, Have you seen it's Instagram? Not, it's really not even on the spectrum like that. Like, I feel some type of way if I post a photo of myself in jeans. 
God. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing too much. I feel like we drag jeans enough that we should just ban them. Bro, that the last photo I posted when my family was on vacation. Mm-hmm. And that Were first you in jeans wear- in that one? Yes. Oh my God, you were wearing jeans. I'm so I was That's literally. So brave. And I was like, I was in jeans and I was in a crop top. And I really thought oh, I you was look doing good. something. No, but I you really, are. Look I at that really, shape. I was, I was doing a little thing. but No, you were doing a lot of thing. Look at that. Look at that thing. That thing, that thing, that thing. Sorry, stop now. But even the small doing, I was, there's not even that crazy. And to feel like I had to hype myself so, like, up so much to embrace the fact that I like looking that way some of the time. Not that it's crazy, like, it's okay because I'm there now, but I need to give myself permission to be more feminine. If that's what I want Mm. to do, if I want a guy to open up the door for me, then it's okay. Then I it's okay for me to request that small need for myself. It's not an attack to the accomplishments that I've built, nor is it any nor do I have to internalize the the backlash that I may get for subscribing to certain parts of femininity. Right. There's no my that's not my problem again. It's not my portion either. Ah, amen. <laughs> <laughs> no my push <laughs> I mean it's been lovely talking to you today always always do you want to plug our do you want to do the outro do you want to plug our, our our social um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. If act you, like you don't care I'd, I'm not doing it this season in mm-hmm. fact I won't even you just spell did it just yesterday bulky i I'm the only. I like to spell it out because some people don't know how to spell. I beg. Are you calling our, our ministers illiterate? I'm not calling them illiterate. I'm saying she just that called you an illiterate. My name is as when I ask people to spell my name, a phonetic name. they don't know how to spell. Well, you know why so people I don't have assume, a problem. You know why people have a problem with MF. I don't mm. assume that any piece of information is well known. So. So. When I'm spelling the name of the Instagram, it's mm-hmm. not because I want to just do it for me. If you don't know how to spell this thing, illiterate. why am I there to... Why are you calling them illiterate? You're the this one that called them illiterate. I'm not call, you I didn't are call the one that called them illiterate. I'm saying that if you look at my church, we had something called extravaganza. Extravaganza. For Easter. And they were there and they said, hmm, on the card, please just write egg. Oh, no. Don't spell. Oh, don't no. write extravaganza. What do people write? <laughs> What did you write? Then they spelled egg. The church people, the person was giving an announcement. Mm-hmm. They said, please write egg, E-G-G. E-G-G. So as they've done it, because they've known, hmm, some people, they can't spell extravaganza. Oh, no. Some people, you hear egg, oh, no. maybe you didn't hear the proper thing oh, I was no. saying. So let me also oh, no. just spell it. Oh, no. That is the same level. Of, I don't want you not... She just called you illiterate. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I don't want that to block your blessing of this podcast. The same way that I didn't, the church people didn't want you to not partake in Easter because you didn't know how to spell egg. Okay, so, speaking of speaking of. Egg, Eggs are being dragged. Sorry, side note. This just reminded me of this. And I laughed for like two hours when I first heard this. So my cousin, my sister, my youngest sister is in boarding school. And she she was on the phone with my grandmother. And she said that. So I'm already laughing because I can't help it. She was talking to my grandmother. And she said that because of the old back that she had, um, for our white listeners who don't know, like corners. She had her hair in corners. 
But so because of the all back that she did, she said her head looks like an egg. She said, Grandma, my head looks like an egg. And Grandma said, everybody has to look like something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but you were if saying, you're a listener mm-hmm. and you like the content that we're giving you're you. You're one of our illiterate listeners. <laughs> we, I am not calling them that. These people because are very well read. She called you illiterate. No. Because I know people who are not illiterate who can't spell my name. Mm. So we're not assuming anything in this household. We're assuming no level of literacy. Yes. Mm-hmm. We want all levels of literacy to tune in. Mm-hmm. So if you like the things that we're doing here, you want to follow us more, you want to, you know, request more content, you know, start DMing us. You know, first of all, if you listen to things on Apple Podcasts, leave a comment. I know that you can do that on there. Just make sure, please, that you're not swearing. Even if it's positive swearing, don't do it. Or else they, Did we, somebody we can't swear see in it. No, they didn't. Okay. But I, you know, as I was listening to other podcasts, you know, you can be like, oh my gosh, this is the best fucking show ever. Then it won't be there mm. just because you included the F bomb. Cor- okay. So if you're going to be on Apple Podcasts, because I know that a significant part of our listenership is there, leave a comment. You know, leave a leave like. Leave a comment. Let us know what we're doing. Or if you have something, an, uh, an improvement point, let us know that too. Mm hmm. But then swear doing that one so okay. that one can... <laughs> so it doesn't get included. If you're on on Spotify, like us, rate us, you know. Yeah, rate Let us, us on Spotify. Yeah, do do all those things. Engage, engage, engage. You can find us. We're only on Instagram right now because social media is hot. We're not social babes like that. Mm. So if you want to find us on Instagram, our handle is at abeg the pod. I beg the name of this podcast, V. I don't feel like that needs an explanation. And then pod. You don't want to do the spelling? You're, you're no, apparently, spelling? I'm assuming that people are illiterate by spelling it. <laughs> That's what we're doing. So That's let not me what assume. I said, but okay. The, she the, just uh, called you illiterate. Again. No, look at, look at this. Look at the way illiterate. that the logic is being illiterate. twisted. She said you're an illiterate. So not amount to anything in this life. Follow us at I Beg the Pod. You know, let us know what we're doing on there. And we'll catch you on the next one. It's been lovely talking to you. It was not lovely. Oh, God. Okay. You're assuming I'm calling people illiterate. <laughs> but that's what you did. Okay, I'm sorry. Not. Bye. <laughs> bye. No, no, you're not. Okay, I'm I know you're not calling it. people illiterate, but like, I'm come ending on. this year. Okay, we are sorry. <laughs> please, okay, please don't remember us as the podcast that fights. We're not the podcast that fights. We actually like each other. So We actually like each other. Yes. Even though she likes to assume that I think people are literate. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. But thank All you guys right, so God. much. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.